for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Uh, What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, March 11th, 2014. This is episode 117 of Attack of the Androids. Every week right here, Tuesday night, attackoftheandroids.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. That's Eric Finkenbeiner. Look at Eric. Hello. What's up, Eric? Not much. Just trying to figure out Twitter. Hey, Twitter's Twitter's a very complicated beast. Yeah, yeah, I have a a grievance I'd like to file with uh, whoever's listening. Um, I should be able to retweet and quote and put my own spin on things, my sense of humor, inject Your my, commentary? My commentary. It, it will not let me inject anything. There's no injection happening. Well, Twitter's like that's... rehab, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, also joining us, Nick Carroll. What's going on, Nick? Hey, uh, glad to be back. I just got a brand new PC. Hopefully everything uh, runs well tonight. Nice. I've been watching your your PC YouTube videos uh, as you put that thing together. <laughs> it's been a it's been a pain and a pleasure. It is. It's well, it's a very masochistic. Working great. Yeah, this is a good video. It's like HD, right? That's like 4K. Yeah, I'm using my webcam. Actually, bought a little ten dollar <laughs> tripod to get some of the some of the shots. So <laughs> looks like 4K on my. Uh non-HD screen here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the show. com. That's our site. You can uh, check it out there. Show notes and everything every week for the episodes. Let's start things off. Uh, our friend Richard Hay, he uh, sent this in at the last minute, and uh, he thought it was pretty amusing. find this uh, quite amusing. If you go to code.google.com, uh, this is issue 66745 regarding performance. And 35 people starred this issue. So there's there's some eyes on this thing, all right? It says, hi, guys, with a Z. Thanks for the awesome Android. Uh, <laughs> my feature request is about performance. I've used many of the Android versioned mobile phone and tabs. In all that I noticed about the performance factor, can you guys add some performance boosting thing on the next version or any update to existing? period. I want to open 10 plus apps, active few ones, and mostly inactive when 5 plus apps of size about 2 gigs, it starts hanging or slowing down the running speed. Can you make some redesign or something that will increase the performance using lesser RAM use? (laughs) Using lesser RAM use. (laughs) Title of the show. My request feature is about RAM consumption. Please make it in the update so the phone can produce much fast performance. Hope you consider this. Thank you again for the great Android. Cheers to you. So maybe I'm confused. Is he asking for more RAM in the next Android update? Or am I am I totally missing the point of this? Did you do we need to read it again? 
he's asking for the new performance boosting thing. The PBT, as I would, <laughs> I really hope the next Project Butter will be called. The That's PBT? what he's asking for. He's asking for for magical pixie fairy dust to be sprinkled onto his devices and make them faster. I love pixie fairy dust. Yeah. Yeah, and the best part is, is that a member of the Android project has set the status for future release. It's an actual enhancement. <laughs> That's so awesome. I like that in one of the comments they actually TM'd it. Hope this comes boosting thing <laughs> TM comes to all phones, which has now at least KitKat. Yes, people have people have also done PBT as a trademark. Right, right, yeah. Is this uh, is there a hint of the Doge in here? Do I there, detect a a hint of the Doge? Great Android, much fast performance. Wow. All performance, so much Androids. Great. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I bet there's just so many of these, like, people just tra-la-la-la-la, you know, just hanging it out there, seeing what they catch. Well, I, I this guy's probably being very sincere. I'm English sure. And maybe not be his first Engl- language. It, exactly. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. I've started so now there are 36 people who have started this issue. Well, you know what? I'm going to star the F out of this thing right oh, now. Do it. So star it twice. Where's the star? That's next to issue. Issue. New issue? Open no, issue? Don't you dare. You should do a new issue and just copy and paste this. Should we? <laughs> I, I much agree <laughs> with this. I would like PBT 2.0. Yeah, there's no star in here for me. So yes, there's a star. I'm. Or you, you're not logged in. I'm. I am logged in. I'm just not familiar with Firefox here for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's just not showing it. Oh, mm. there it is. I see it. Thirty-seven people. Okay, moving on. That's good radio. Uh, speaking awesome. of trolls, a mother is suing Google over kids' apps because her five-year-old uh bought some virtual currency i'm guessing he was playing dead trigger 2 he got hooked in the casino in the slot machine he lost his ass and you got to get more credits you can't play you can't win if you don't play and you can't play if you don't give them money (laughs) so yeah this is this is just coming hot on the heels of apple losing a similar case, or at least similar on the surface. Um, I haven't looked into that one, but uh, Apple ended up paying $5 million, according to GigaOM, to settle that case, um, which was also about what what people are calling bait apps. So free apps that are basically meant to get kids um, to, like targeting kids specifically. Oh, you you mean like commercials? Like, yes, exactly. Like so commercials, or Apple... the fact that McDonald's puts a toy in the Happy Meal. Right. So basically, you're telling me Apple paid some set of parents $5 million for being bad parents and not watching their phone with their kid or something. Well, what what was being said was that um, when – so Apple used to have a system to where if you bought uh, – if you logged into the iTunes store and bought something, there was a 15-minute window where – you did not have to put in a password again. Um, following this lawsuit, they got rid of that 15-minute window, and now every transaction um, in that purchase or purchasing an app requires you 
to uh, put in the password to iTunes. Is there uh, a Google boss like Google does? Yeah, that you can just say, don't ask me for my password type of thing? Or I don't know if iTunes does that, but I know that Google currently, and this is, this is sort of the crux of the issue, um, Google has a 30-minute window following an initial purchase. So if you – so the scenario would be, you know, if, if you and I both had kids and, you know, for some reason – I don't and I don't understand why parents would do this. They hooked their credit card to the kid's uh, account, bought them an app, and then, you know, if my kid just within the first five minutes was like, this is awesome, I'm going to buy, you know, a, a bag of gems – for a hundred dollars, I could do it, or he could do it within the first thirty minutes. Um, but if your kid did the same thing, but it was after thirty minutes, he'd have to put in the password. So the it, it's it seems kind of weird. Like I would think it would be the parents' fault for hooking up their credit card to the kid's account. Well, or is it the actually the account? Is it actually the kid's account though, or was it the parents' account and they just let the kid use their phone? Well, I, I read through all 21 pages of the uh, class action um, lawsuit. You uh, must I forget have what they call it, but basically the bored. complaint. And uh, I don't remember them stating specifically um, if it was the child's account or not, but they do state that um, per Google's policy, you have to be 13 to have an account. Ah. So, so a minor could have their own account and you know be in the situation to where they could have their parents' credit card on their account and they could you know, spend a thousand dollars. Um, I, I, after reading this, like I mean, they have basically five complaints and a few of them seem very repetitive. Um, you know, basically saying that Google is, is specifically going after children. And they're, what's, what's interesting is that they're, they're targeting Google. They're not targeting the people that make these apps. They're saying, right. Google because Google's the is, store that the apps are in. Yeah, and Google gets a cut of it. So they're saying Google is targeting children um, to get them to spend money um, in a way that is not, you know, legal or fair. Um, right, or unfair I mean, business. Unfair business practices, uh, unjust enrichment, which if I remember right, I think that means like, you know, getting rich over something you shouldn't. Um, and then uh, – it's it's a lot of that sort of stuff. Basically but Eric, Eric, there's absolutely nothing unfair for getting fifteen hundred treats for a hundred bucks. Fifteen hundred <laughs> treats, Eric. That's less than a buck a treat. I mean, that's that's just good value. I buy that for a dollar, right? I buy that for ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> well, Nick, let me ask you since you have since you have kids who you know you could you could be a parent in this lawsuit. Um, would you hook up your credit card, or would you just buy them Google Play credit and put that into their account? This uh, seems like like just stupid parents. Yeah, we we've got our tablets. Like we have Kindle, and we have uh, uh, Samsung S2. My oldest son has, and we have it. We don't have it set up to where they can make any purchases. So that's how we've chosen to done it. Why don't do it. I mean the the obvious? And I don't have kids, so I'm gonna just completely speak out of turn here, but. The obvious solution – what? I'm dating one. Is that what you said? Thank you. The obvious solution – no respect, I swear. The obvious solution is for each child you have, they each have their own account, and hooked up to those accounts are Google Wallet cards. And to put money into those like allowance every week, 
and then let them do whatever the hell they want with it. Who cares? Or get those burner uh, credit money cards and just attach that to one and keep filling it up as you need it. There's no reason to hook up the Amex Black to your kid's damn Google account, you know? It's just silly. Like you said, stupidity. Uh, they said uh, the issue was the subject of a Daily Show feature and also Kevin Tofel, whose daughter spent $375 on digital fish, money he will likely recoup as a result of the legal action. So here's, I mean, just no, to is... give you, a, oh, sorry, Nick, just real quick, just to give you a, the flavor of the actual complaint, um, this is what the, so the first paragraph of Nature of Action um, says that, uh, plaintiff brings this class action on behalf of on behalf of herself and other parents and guardians who have minor children, um, who downloaded from defendant Google a free or modestly priced application. In most cases, video games targeted to minor children, and then incurred charges for in-game related voidable purchases that the minor was induced that the minor was induced by Google to make without the parents or guardians knowledge or authorization but it's not google inducing it it's the developer by making it super like casino e or treat yeah. like you know it's google has nothing to do with well, that what they're advocating yeah, they're is, the, is more control in the apps they're saying that google is being um they didn't they didn't legally say negligent but you know the layperson would read this and say that interpret it as the, they're stating that google is negligent by not looking at these apps and saying this is you know this is a bad app that's targeting children and making them spend their parents' money. Well, that's silly. But I, I don't know. I guess if I was on the other side of it, I would think other way. You know, if, like, my kid dropped well, 500 on treats. <laughs> Go in the UK, they're, uh, they're working on legal action. I don't remember the exact details, but I know in the UK they're actually working towards uh, eliminating, I think, I'm not sure if it's free-to-play or freemium. I think free-to-play is what they're working towards eliminating that. Like, a, Because there are a lot of kid games like Candy Crush or whatever. They have in-app purpose, purchases, and kids will just play whatever. And then, oh, you know, to do better in this game, they need to buy all the stuff. They'll spend however much. So I know that, that in the U.K. they're taking some sort of action, but I don't know. I don't know legally how exactly that's being done. I won't deny that, you know, as somebody who likes playing video games, that I think that this free-to-play model in almost every instance that I can think of is a detriment to the, you know, to the video games overall. But I don't necessarily think that it requires, you know, our government to get involved at that level. Like, this this seems... I, I think that this woman basically... and she, she probably saw what was going on with the Apple lawsuit and, and you know... <laughs> And was like, you know, I could probably make some money off this. Um, I I kind of think it's bullcrap. I mean, if if you take issue with this, then you're basically taking issue with, you know, consumerism, which means that, you know, everybody would be uh, would be you know liable for this. Like Sony, uh, Microsoft, everybody that sells DLC for video games, um, isn't isn't it just yeah. as easy to do this on an Xbox One as it is on on Android? Yeah, does anyone remember uh, Freeware? You know, that was the earlier iteration of free-to-play. Hey, there's a free free couple uh, maps of Doom, and oh, mm -hmm. you know, pay X amount to get the rest of the game. That's, I guess, the precursor. I guess now it's so easy because, you know, back then there wasn't like uh, anything like Steam or, 
you know, Google Play Store or, you know, the App Store, you know, or the Amazon App Store to just automatically click a button and all of a sudden you're billed. So I do think that ease of use factor is, can be a hindrance, but I think part of it is our responsibility as parents to say, you know what, before I hand this kid this 200 or $400 phone, <laughs> let's maybe, uh, you know, take other precautions, you know, make sure it's not linked to, to an active credit card, et cetera, you know, or other methods. So, or as Matt said, you know, link to wallet an account with no money. So there's no way they can purchase that. That's a good idea. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. Not bad. Let's talk about some cool hardware. This is I've kind of been waiting like to get one of these fitness band kind of things because like I walk all the time for work and everything, and it would just be interesting to have that data. And uh, I I've kind of been watching. I'm waiting for like one that I really want. This new update for the Jawbone, the Up Twenty Four Fitness Band Up Three Point Oh app. This looks kind of cool. This might be the one. I don't know. Uh, there's a bunch of them coming out. It says uh, three months later, Jawbone updated the Android app, uh, which supported the original up, and now up 24, it all lives in perfect harmony. Uh, up 24, the most simplistic fitness band around. The design part of what is is so much praise has a single button, two LEDs, and a 2.5 millimeter plug for charging, all covered by a removable plate. Uh, other than that, it's just a flexible band of medical-grade Aruba. Bluetooth 4.0 syncing. Uh, is this the one you use, Eric? No, I had the Fitbit, the Fitbit Flex for a little bit. I specifically did not go with the Jawbone because, um, you know, they, they came out with the Jawbone up, the original up, in 2011. And I remember specifically uh, looking at it and saying, well, they don't have an Android client. And they said, oh, well, the Android client is coming in the next few months. And if I remember correctly, it took them a year and a half or two years to actually get the client out. So my, I don't know, my faith in Jawbone is kind of uh, shaken a little bit. It's pretty low. Sure. Um, and they did have a lot of quality issues with the original Jawbone um, where they were, people were returning them in droves. Uh, there were uh, a lot of hardware failures. So um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they hurt their brand a little bit over the past few years with the uh, with all the problems. So 150 bucks for this one, you kind of stay away from it. I, I would I I would go with either the Fitbit Flex or the Fitbit Force. Um, the Force is kind of cool, especially if you don't have a watch because it has like a little display where you can put the time on there. Um, if you have a watch and you're just looking for something very simplistic. Um, the flex is cool because it's you know it's just five lights that indicate how much you've walked. So nice. Um, this yeah, app it, looks kind of cool. Those are good cool. products. The app looks kind of cool. It says uh, it'll connect wirelessly with real time insights that turn intentions into actions. Like I intend on walking over there. Normally I wouldn't. I would just I would just think about it. I'd be like, yeah, it would be nice to walk over there, but nah. Now. My intent is activated and motivated and put into motion. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, the one thing I, I did like about the Jawbone was that they had um, they had a mode. I don't know if it's on the uh, on the Up24, but they had a mode where um, you if you wore it while you were sleeping and you set an alarm to it, um, when it got close to the time that you wanted to wake up, it would keep track of your uh, sleep cycle, and it would vibrate awake not at the time you set, but at the time closest to to your alarm 
when you're in the right sleep pattern to wake up refreshed. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. And they, I know they had – Jawbone was good about doing cool things with the software. It was the hardware that was the problem. Um, I don't know. If you could find one used on eBay or something, it might be cool to check it out. But I, I tell you, it just worries me. Yeah, I just kind of want to mess with it just to see, but I'm definitely not going to pay 150 for for one. But, nah. I don't know. Do you use any of these, uh, Nick? I think we've talked about this before. but Sorry, I muted myself. I uh, would consider actually the Sony, what is it, the Sony Fit or Gear Fit, if it wasn't so expensive and if I could use it more with the Galaxy phone because I don't plan on getting any Galaxy phones anytime soon, so... Still on a Nexus. I'd love something that's compatible with the Nexus, uh, particularly because I plan to get into more regular weight training and <laughs> something I need to do. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm interested, but I, I haven't made a decision on, on which one specifically. So Well, and the price point will come down, I'm sure. This is still fairly new tech as far as wearables go. I mean, they were kind of the first wearable, but it, it, it'll come down, I think. You know, if, if all that somebody wants to do is count steps... Um, <laughs> The uh, Pebble is actually still a very nice watch if you want a watch with it. It does um, do that, huh? Yeah, forgot. Yeah, I, there. I know that. Um, like it used to be that it would count your steps from your phone. Like it would pair, and then it would it would count it from your phone's gyroscope, I think, but um, or accelerometer perhaps. But now it's a, uh, you know, with the latest, um, you know, 2.0 update of Pebble. Um, I, I downloaded an app the other day that says that it can do pedometer just with the with the watch itself. That's cool because, I mean, I could do that and just put my phone, but I, I'm, like, in and out of my truck, and the phone stays in the truck, so I don't want to, like, have to carry that with me. But, yeah, yeah. cool stuff. Uh, let's see, Asus Chromebox. This looks kind of cool. It's for pre-order now, shipping in March 14th. That's just in a few days here uh, with a fan in it. Did, did the earlier report say that was going to be all fanless or something, or...? Asus said that they would be. I don't. Do you remember, Nick? I, I forget where the fanless thing came from. Maybe it was for the Celeron. Because it says, contrary to what Asus told us last month, and this is an article off of a non-tech, none of these units are fanless. So it sounds like there were some rumors, or maybe even Asus said that they would be fanless, uh, but they are not. Which is yeah, that a big deal? Know. Does oh, it... the Asus Chromebox? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have different versions. At, at a minimum, they're going to have a Celeron, but the Celeron would be a Haswell Celeron, Celeron, and no, that wouldn't be fanless. At least, I don't think so. Um, but what does it matter? Is that strictly for consumption of power? Or why Like, why yeah. would you care if there's it, no fan basically in it? Heat, it's two things, heat dissipation and power consumption. And uh, I don't believe the Haswell Celeron can work in a in a uh, fanless uh, like chassis, what would would be like a bay trail or the new Morefield or Merrifield type uh, processes that'll come out in a few months. Uh, those Atom based or Atom style uh, chipsets and uh, CPUs, those would be what you would have in a uh, fanless uh, like Chromebook or something like that. But I'm pretty sure right. all the Haswell Celerons et cetera are not. And I, that's what I'm saying, though. This isn't like a laptop. It's something that you plug in, so why would it matter if you're having to power a fan? Yeah, that's the thing. When it's something like a little Chromebox, the previous Chromeboxes, 
were Celerons, and they were not fanless either, that I recall. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why it seems weird that the Asus would even say that. Like, it even matters. Like, I would hope yeah. there's a fan in it, so the damn thing don't overheat. All right. Yeah, it, it's really a non-factor. These are essentially the Intel Nook uh, style chassis that's out there. Nook NUC, new unit of computing, and it's basically a a tiny PC, a mini micro PC. <laughs> you know, and and. Uh, we saw yeah, a lot of I, these at CES. Piston uh, from XI3 had one that Ant wrote about. That's the one that was powering the, uh, what's it called? The Oculus that I tried. Yeah. Uh, and then HP had one. Uh, Asus had one. I mean, they're they're all over the place. You know what? Now that I think of it, some of the Intel Nook designs were fanless, but I can't recall if those were the Celeron-based but, ones. It may, it may be the Celeron-based ones, but not like the i3, i5, or i7. They also have an AMD version with a discrete card. The thing I don't is, remember for sure, it's the issue would be if the Haswell Celeron is fanless, and it really doesn't matter in a Chromebox because honestly, it's tiny, right? And you're not gonna, you're not even gonna be holding it. You're not gonna be carrying it around. It's got power to the wall, and you're gonna hook it up to a monitor or HDTV, and use like a wireless keyboard mouse. So that it's a non-issue. That criticism would. Would be irrelevant. Really, so, what are the opinion. specs? Can you can you give us some specs on this? They're Going like from. I can read them off by memory, but basically, it's a two gig, two gigs of RAM, sixteen gigs of storage, on like a, not an SSD, but like eMMC, basically NAND flash of some sort, and then, uh, but honestly, for just basic browsing, like for me, I've got a dining room where I've got an extra monitor, keyboard, and mouse, wireless keyboard, and mouse. That I would love to, to put in there because sometimes uh, I plan on doing more work in the kitchen and dining room area. And, and so these are to, these are like yeah. 179 bucks for the dual core yeah. one for so dirt, Celeron. Yeah, it's dirt cheap. You can load it up with Chrome. It takes a few seconds for it to sync up with your entire, you know, Google Chrome experience. You know, all the add-ins and plugins and extensions. I kind of want one for the house now. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing. You know, one thing like, to also point out is that it comes with 100 gigabytes of google drive for two years so you know though i always like stay away from those my moto x came with one because i don't want to change my plan because i'm paying the five bucks a year for 25 gigs so it's like i mean i could change it and but then in two years i'd have to actually buy space because i'm using more than what they give you for free for all my pictures yeah so it's like i mean it's a good deal but only if you're not grandfathered in already yeah, one thing I would say with regard to even the this lowest end Chromebox for 179, it's probably going to be at least as powerful as like the current crop of uh, Celeron Chromebooks because it's connected to the wall. It's not going to have variable power, and there's no attempt to try to, you know, save battery because you're in some sort of portable experience connected to the wall. So if you have like a, if you've played with uh, or used or own a current Chrome Chromebook that's like on the new as well Celeron, it's going to be at least as powerful as that. So, I'm a little irritated though that they're not releasing the i7 version in North America. Yeah, like, I don't understand reports. why. Yeah, that's according to reports, and honestly, I bet if there's enough demand, that that would come. So, do you think it has anything to do with demand? Does it have anything to do with them not wanting to compete too much I would with say Microsoft? Relative demand, you know, I'm relative for Chromeboxes because I'll be honest. Up until now, Chromeboxes were not really sought after. And it really came down to like Samsung and a couple other manufacturers making it. But as far as I know, only Samsung was selling any significant amount. But now, I guess uh, Chromeboxes are maybe becoming a little more popular because they can be essentially PC replacements, you know, 
a low-cost PC replacement at least. Well, I'm looking at this too and thinking if you can throw, uh, if you can use Crouton, um, like I use Crouton with my uh, Chromebook Pixel, um, use Crouton to put a full version of Linux on there. Um, You could use this, you know, I'm looking at the i7 and saying, I could probably use that as like a Plex server or something. You know, it has has the Intel uh, onboard graphics, the HD uh, graphics. Yeah. That's that's good enough. Yeah. That's more more than good enough for for web browsing or just hosting a server or anything like that. Yeah. I mean the I mean I work in a extremely large data center company and the onboard video for those are craptastic at best and they have gobs of the CPUs powering those things. So Now yeah. I'm curious if you pop one of these open if you're gonna be able to if it's gonna be like user replaceable RAM, um like you I could with a NUC. Or soldered would, to the board. That's a good question, actually. I would think that's you possible. I would say if it's an older Intel-based one, that mm-hmm. would be possible. Like my Chromebook, which is back there, that is replaceable RAM and hard drive. But the new Chromebook, the 720, as opposed to the 710 that I've got, it's all on board. And most of these Chromebooks now have the onboard memory. So that's a good question. It'd be interesting to see if these new Chrome boxes do have replaceable memory or SSD. Or not SSD, but whatever they have for for a drive. So. Well, it says SSD here for storage. At least the article I'm looking at on a non-tech. So what I read a while back was 16 gigs. Yep, 16 gig SSD. Yeah. Okay. Cool. If Maybe it's an SSD, that's good. Do. Yeah. Well, I've seen a number of these Nook builds, like on Newegg TV or other places, and there's like a little card. It's like an SSD card you put in there. It uses a get the name of the, the slot. I don't know it's not coming to me, but yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh oh yeah. We we kinda talked about this last week. Did did you guys want to talk about it again? The ooh yeah? Oh this is they're actually ditching the console now. They're done with it. Is that what I'm understanding here? Because last week we talked about how they were kind of wanting to do some uh embedding on other manufactured things, not just making their own. Well, I forgot that we talked about this. So oh, okay. Again. Um, but it, the, the article itself, I don't, there's nothing, there's nothing solid, but the article itself is, is saying that Ouya is ditching. Yeah. What I've we haven't heard online, anything yet. That, that's correct. Eric. What I've, what I've, what I've heard online as well is that they're not abandoning their own hardware console platform but they want to expand into having their platform on other consoles, like the Moga, Moga or what is it? The, the Mojo? The Mad Mojo, Cats. thank Mojo. you. I keep, all these M-based controllers, Mojo, Mad Cats, and all that stuff, I keep getting them all confused. Anyway, so yeah, it's they want to branch out, but I don't <laughs> think they're abandoning that. And I, I still believe that maybe this year, next year, they'll come out with another uh, console. Hey, one thing I wanted to mention real quick, I went to the Ouya website, at least according to that, they've got 600 plus games, like 680 games right now. So, I mean, if you think about it, in a year, 600 games, that's, that's not too bad, So even though they're mobile games. Better than I, uh, I fired mine up uh, for the first time a few days ago. We went through a big software update. Um, the interface actually looks nice. Like it's, it's nicer. They've done some good things with it. Um, they fixed some bugs, uh, Irritating stuff like when you're downloading games and things getting queued, you know, infinitely. Um, I don't. The game selection still seemed a little. Um, I don't know. Like it didn't. It didn't seem like there were 600 games. 
Um, but that could just be, you know, they're the way they're they're curating things. Maybe they're still pushing the same, you know, ten apps that they were pushing a year ago. It, that that might be the problem. Hmm. So Play Store, as you will see in my app pick this evening, that would be a perfect game for the Ouya. I'm just saying. My app pick is the Ouya OF. <laughs> Look, I put it on my refrigerator and my washer and dryer, powered by Android. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, refrigerator. Says uh, article on PC Mag says, While Ouya seems to hope that it can do for mobile gaming what services like Netflix did for movies and TV shows, critics and Eric are skeptical that there will be much traction for a new gaming platform that sits right between developers and the general Android ecosystem. Do you agree with that, uh, Eric? I don't know. I stopped paying attention. All right, Sorry. moving on. No, it, that's totally fine. It's, it's one of those things. Like I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this, thinking that Ouya just they misstepped. They misstepped so badly. They could have been the indie console, and instead, they've turned themselves into like some weird. I don't know what. Why like, is it wh- just bad business decisions? I mean, they were the first one in that space, so maybe they they had to learn. I don't know. I I don't know what it was. I mean, it seems like it seemed like they had things. It seemed like they did everything right. You know, releasing the SDK. You know, kickstarting. They had a lot of steam behind them. Um, it all the negative stuff seemed to seem to start when you know developers got the first first iteration of the controller. And said that there were problems, right? And then it just it kept going downhill from there. They never recovered. Maybe it'll get addressed by by using these new Moga, Mo, Mocha, Frappuccino controllers. Mojo, the Mojo. say it with me. Use these Mojo, <laughs> Mojo, that thing. What Austin Power has, got it. But uh, yeah, maybe when they start using those, that'll be better. Like I personally haven't have had a problem with with this controller, but I haven't used it extensively. Like. Maybe some people might have been had problems with it, you know. So I don't know. And yeah. uh, six ninety five is what it says on the website right now, <laughs> for what it, for what it matters. And they're all apparently active games. All right. Well, speaking of missteps, our uh, article on Android Community coming as somewhat of a surprise. Samsung has released Milk Music. <laughs> <laughs> Because Google Play Music, Pandora, Slacker Radio, Mog, Ardio, uh, Last FM, is that not dirt? No, wrong answer. As if there wasn't enough, we have another streaming service. But it's not milk, Matt. This milk one, does the body good. This one's Samsung's service, with a little help from Slacker Radio. So you have Samsung Milk Music powered by slacker why wouldn't you just go to slacker did samsung have some corporate pull with other record companies that maybe slacker doesn't offer you unless you're exclusively streaming through milk music because that would be effing stupid so it's a the idea here is that it's going to be a bunch of stations they're saying more than 200 and you know it'll be music i i think it'll just be music i don't know if it'll be other things but it's Two over 200 music stations available for free, um, with advertisements after a while. But for at first, it's going to be completely free, no ads, but exclusively to Samsung Galaxy device owners. Ooh. That's the key. 
Yeah. Yeah, time to break out the old Galaxy Nexus, brah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what man. Are you doing nothing? Just listen to milk? Is this oh, a paid-for service, or do they get that for free? What's that? It Milk? Or milking? I don't know. I think Samsung is milking uh, <laughs> whatever clout They're they still the have. Line. Yeah, right? Uh, milking it for all it's worth. Holy crap. Interesting yeah. UI. I mean, taking a page right out of our circle phone playbook. Okay, so free Wouldn't for a limited right time. It'll also be free of advertisements. Got it. Yeah, I I think that can, what this is... And you can get it from the Google Play Store. If you're on a Samsung device, right? Fair enough. <laughs> I wonder if you could spoof it, like if you could edit your... Why um, would you... Why would you even want to? So you could milk it. If your yeah. editor came to you and was like, I'm going to need really you to thirsty. write a review... Even if you want to listen to high-quality music, Matt. Yeah, I'm sure. There's nothing better than hearing... I'm milking illegally. There's nothing better than hearing Pandora streamed over very awesome speakers. It really brings out the color of the music. I'm getting sick. (laughs) This is is just... I mean, this is Samsung. If Samsung uses... bullet point on the back of the box. That is what this is. If Samsung uses the got milk phrase, I'm going (laughs) to murder things. Come on. I wouldn't put it past them. And then they're going to get sued by the milk people. Oh, I yeah. hope so. And then Apple, Apple's going to jump in somehow and, and sue somebody for something. We had milk first. <laughs> <laughs> we have the copies out on milk. <laughs> we invented milk. All right. Uh, Google on a buying spree. Green Throttle. They make smartphone game controllers. Now Google has them. Or will have them, I should say. Uh, Green Green Throttle was created by some well-known players in the technology world. Founder is Charles Huang, uh, who also co-founded Red Octang, developer of the Guitar Hero series. Uh, The other two key employees were Matt Crowley and Carl Townsend, both long-term Palm employees. Green Throttle mysteriously shut down in November of last year, but judging by the LinkedIn profile timelines of Crowley and Townsend, the Google acquisition was the reason for the closure. Uh, It's unclear Mm. what Google wants with the company. Green Throttle's product basically boiled down to an Xbox 360 controller clone and a game store app. One of the biggest features of the Green Throttle controller and app was that you could connect up to four controllers simultaneously to a smartphone or tablet in case... You had four arms, or eight arms, I guess, because you your need pet two. Want to play. Or you want to play with your pet octopus, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Townsend now lists his position as hardware guy at Google on LinkedIn, and Crowley is listed as a product guy. Usually a vague job title at Google means you're working on a secret project. So these two and other Green Throttle employees could be working on a Google a set-top box. I mean, another Google set-top box. Wait. I mean, crap. Now I'm confused. Collect them all. Is Google making the Ouya console? I mean, wait. Is Google making the Amazon gaming console? I am so confused. Is Samsung yeah. making the Google Amazon green throttle <laughs> Xbox? 
<laughs> All right. That's kind of cool. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully they'll do something good with it. I'm sure they will. I think that this was twofold. So the main thing here is the acquisition of the of the application. Um, whatever whatever they were doing, whatever technology they were using to um, allow the four simultaneous connections to the smartphone, that's what Google bought. Um, maybe they have some patents or something on it, and Google just wanted to make sure that they that Apple or somebody else didn't buy them first. Um, but I, I guess there's a there's the slight possibility that Google would put out like an Android game controller accessory. The set top box thing, I'm not 100% sold on, but you know, unless it was something like a Nexus program where they're partnering up with Asus or LG or something to push it out, but I think it's more likely that they're they want to integrate this into um, their game app, and, right, uh, right, and put it in the SDK. Yeah, for control. Yeah, that that that's cool. Any thoughts, Nick? Well, I, I'm still kind of skeptical they'll actually come out with a game console set top box unless they they just don't see success in the industry in that arena. And right now, you know, maybe we're kind of in that in that gear. I was hoping Ouya would uh, kind of do that, but like with with the Nexus, you know, line that was created created among many things to kind of show how Android smartphones should be done, you know. I could see them doing that if no one does a successful console or set-top box, but uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. Are you ready to talk about the rat? The rat? Are you ready to talk about the rat? We got a rat, see? You're going to get infected, see? Got to be safe out there on the internet, see? Uh, an easy-to-use new remote administration tool, Malware Package for Android, offers to infect users, steal their photos. Can I offer to steal those photos from you? Hello, old chap. Oh, why, yes! I would love that! Would you steal my photos? My text oh, messages? Secretly capture... Uh, the audio and the video records the calls, downloads the web browser history, steals the email, Facebook, VPN information, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. What can we do? Well, I, I'm gonna turn my phone off. Uh, that sorry, airplane mode. There we go. Now it's a picture thing that lasts for eight hours. Take it to T-Mobile. Trade it in. Uh, the latest rat is raising eyebrows in the security community because of its low cost. Only $300 for unlimited use. <laughs> I can keep stealing all of your stuff, like, Ooh. as much as I want. <laughs> That's Take my money. Fantastic. Uh, paid for via untraceable currencies, like uh, the Bitcoin. And its ability to sneak past Google's automated malware scanner in the Google Play app market. It's called the Google Play Store. Uh, where legitimate appearing rat-infected apps can hide out undetected. Uh, it's known as Dendroid. The new Android rat package is being sold as an APK binder, which can take any original or stolen Android app and incorporate its own malware as a Trojan payload. After distributing the infected app, Dendroid's rat customers can monitor the spread of their infection via web-based tools. This sounds like that app pick I had a while back called Plague. Where you'd like start the infection and then you'd watch it spread. <laughs> oh, but like real life. This is your phone. I kind of want to buy this. I kind of, right? 
Is that weird? Is that cool? I want to. Yeah. In- would you infect my rat? I would. Uh, rat infected multiple times. Right over and over and over. Add infinitum. <laughs> rat infected Android devices can be remotely zombified by the perpetrator, allowing virtually unlimited access to photos, data, and messages on the device. The Dendroid Rat provides full access to infected devices' camera and microphone and can place calls or listen in on a user's phone, conservations, and text messages. Uh... Well, I, I find it interesting that, that they're saying that it can get past Google's uh, malware, malware scanner, and I'm, I want to see how long this lasts. It, it says Hopefully. that amongst its numerous features... Dendroid features some relatively simple yet unusual anti-emulation detection code that helps it evade detection by Bouncer, Google's anti-malware screening system for the store. Hmm. So it has anti-emulation detection code. What what does that mean, Eric? Um, it's emulation proof. Anti that. It's anti-emulation. Yeah, I mean, the phone says emulate, and it's like, dude, no. No. It's not my bad. Dude, no. (laughs) (laughs) Go to fail. Yeah, go to fail, exactly. Oh, shit. Uh, Google's bouncer scans for malware by emulating submitted apps to review their functionality for telltale illegal behaviors. Oh. Dendroid-infected Android apps are designed to be smart enough to avoid executing their malware code while being run in emulation by Google's bouncer scanning process. So it, when, when bouncer scans it and tries to em- run the code in its emulator, it's like, oh, this is bouncer. I'm going to emulate legit code, not malware code. That's kind of cool. Gotcha. So how would Google fix that then? You'd have to detect the em- anti-emulating... Code. No, here's here's what you do. So, I knock on your door. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> Hello, who is it? Who who is it? Hey, uh, hey this Hello, is who this is it? Bom- this is Scott. This is not Bouncer. Nobody's um, home. Come back later. No, no I just want to emulate something. Oh, just sure. I love emulations. Good, good. But I'm my name's Scott. Okay, hi, Definitely Scott. Bouncer. My okay. name's Flappy Bird. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, do you want to play? Do you want to play a game? Nope. Hey Scott. Yep. What am I? Oh, you're bad. <laughs> That's interesting. Yep. How to avoid this, though, Eric? That is the question. Of course, don't uh-huh. be a dummy. First on the list. I think yeah, I'm, the the problem is is that if if somebody is injecting this into, um, you know the Google Play Store, the typical you know thing that we say of just don't sideload apps kind of goes out the window. Um, maybe you get Lookout. I'm not really sure. Is Lookout gonna detect this though? If it's a legit app, probably not. Um, what it what it probably comes down to is is that. Um, you know, you should you would only download apps from known developers. If you are really, really worried about it, you would only download not just not just you know from the Play Store, but only from people you know, like Rovio, like Google. Right, right. Trusted apps. Trusted. 
That's like the only time I ever worry about that is like 10 minutes before a show. And I'm like, crap, I need an app pick. And then like, yeah. I'll try something like Ninja Cat Hero. It'll be like, well, mm-hmm. now I'm infected. Here's all my stuff. Or like the, <laughs> the bikini advent calendar or something. Yeah, yeah. Go hang my head in shame and sit in the corner while you rummage through all the stuff I just handed you because you offered my tie. And I said, please, by all means. Yeah, so public service announcement, don't ever Don't download apps, right? Just don't ever download apps. No, mine are cool. It's just yours. No, just don't ever download any apps. That's I mean the safest the safest bet. Just don't download apps. Okay. That's that's fine too. <laughs> Unless just they've use been your phone for phone calls. It's boring, but it works. Yeah, I mean, I use my phone to watch Netflix. Cuz my phone holds it. down this papers. My phone vibrates. Uh, all right. There was an article on ZDNet I thought was interesting uh, by Matthew Miller. He says, Android custom experiences are the reason I carry a Moto X. Huh? Huh? I don't know where my Moto what? X is. Moto X! Moto Xs. That's what I'm talking about. Moto Xs. You know, we didn't talk about this in the last show, but in the past couple of weeks, Google has done that, like, uh, college, you know, themed Moto X sale. Um, you know, somebody like friend of the show, Richard Hay, I'm surprised he doesn't have a, you know, Texas A&M version of his phone yet. He likes the Aggies, right? That, I have no I don't, idea. I don't know football. I don't but, like baseball. Um, uh, yeah. What football you went with? That's a good one. All right. Uh, and, yeah, he just kind of goes over all the different popular phones right now, the HTC One, the Moto X, the S4, Note 3, the G2, the Xperia, and kind of talks about the different, you know, uh, overlays on them. And, and I have to agree. I mean, the Moto X, if, if you're on Verizon and you don't only have a few choices or even not, I mean, it's, it's a good pure-ish Android experience when compared to these other ones. It's not like a Play Edition, or mine's not. I mean, I'm sure you can get one, but. Yeah. I understand. It's cool. It's totally cool. How's that Oppo N1 treating you? It's just fine. Do you love it? I like it. Is yep. that an iPhone? Why do you have an iPhone, Eric? That's weird. iPhone? What are you talking about? Shut up. Don't lie to the uh, podcast listeners, Eric. I would never. Why do you have an never, iPhone? Ever. I don't have an iPhone. That's fine. That look like an iPhone? Look at that. It's a broken iPhone <laughs> with this little flippy camera. Why does your iPhone have a flippy bird? All right, uh, let's do <laughs> some app picks. We're going to let Nick okay. start us off because he has some lags. So, Go Nick, on, Flappy Bird. Go, Nick. Yeah, I've got internet issues. So this is a little bit of an unusual app pick. It's uh, something I'm uh, just trying out. It's uh, BlueStacks. It's basically an Android emulator, of all things, uh, for your PC or apparently Mac. And uh, it allows you to play these Android apps you know, on your PC or Mac. And that's something I'm interested in, in doing. So I just downloaded it uh, last night. Once I had this uh, PC installed, I, I plan to uh, try some of these APKs on it. So uh, I basically recommend any, uh, others try it or at least look out for it. Um, it's had a lot of bad reviews in the past, but uh, I'm hoping that it'll uh, improve as uh, time, you know, passes. But it's just a free little program you can download uh, on your PC to Android games or run Android apps. So it looks interesting at least. Right on. Eric, you got an app pick for us? Sure. Uh, my app pick is called Tweetings, 
as if you were <laughs> playing on the Twitter and tweeting. Um, I bought this with money from my previous app pick last week, the uh, Google Survey app. So uh, this is $2.99, uh, and it's just a very nice, you know, basic Twitter app. Um, I've played, I've tried a whole bunch of them. I've never really landed on one that I liked a lot on Android, um, but uh, I think tweetings probably comes as close to that as possible. Um, so I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, this is really difficult. Wow, Eric, I didn't know your phone number was. That's not true. Just kidding. So um, yeah, you know it's it's cool. Um, if you're looking for a Twitter app, I think you could do worse, definitely. Um, in the deluge of all the other crappy Twitter apps, this one's okay. Right on. Ringing endorsement. Ringing endorsement. This one is okay. And if you want yeah. one that's meh, check out Tweetcaster. Yeah, sometimes you just got to <laughs> settle. That's, I've been, yeah. All right. Uh, my app pick, it's a new version of an old game, one of the first games that I was like, I don't know, I probably say that about every app pick. One of the first shooters that I was way into was Frontline Commando, uh, and then they got started putting a bunch of ads in it and stuff. And that's fine, because then Android updated so that you could uncheck the notifications from that app, and everything was good again. Anyway, they came out with a new one. It's called Frontline Commando 2. That's right. So... Check it out. Uh, I want to say this is Glue Mobile. It's another one of their games. But if if you know Frontline Commando, you'll know Frontline Commando too. So, Advanced Warfare. I mean, uh, uh, what more could you ask for? Assemble a squad. Upgrade and customize weapons, probably by paying them money. Uh, explosive PvP battles. Yeah, you down with PvP? Yeah, you know me. Totally. Uh, that's it, Frontline Commando 2. So check it out. Right now it's got 4.4 out of 5 stars. So there you go. Eric, this looks horrible. Yeah, you know what, Eric? You look horrible, so eat a D. What's our email address? <laughs> well, Matt, I won't eat a D, but I will tell people that they can email us at showitattackoftheandroids.com. <laughs> That's so rude of you. I apologize. Uh, Tagoftheandroids.com, that's our site. Check it out. Subscribe in iTunes. Comment and rate. Because, hey, how else are good people going to know that we're okay or mediocre at best? We're so, nice people. That's right. Uh, Nick Carroll, Eric Finkenbeer, Matt Lee, Tagoftheandroids.com. Like I said, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> It's Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.